Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. You know that happens every single day, Monday through Friday. Nobody's replaced me yet. I'm not sure why, but probably because I don't let them into my office slash studio. And all month long, we are talking to some fierce and fabulous female entrepreneurs. Why? Because I think it's really important and because, you know, I'm the host, so I get to pick up whatever we're going to talk about. And it's been really fun so far this month talking to women who really have been leaning into what they do, what they do well, and how it can help all of us to shock our potential. So wait until you hear from my guest today. Jen Hope is a business and executive leadership coach. She leans on more than 20 years of executive experience, so she, she's been there, done that, you know it. Also in that, a lot of business acumen and empathy in order to create safe coaching environments where leaders that she works with can thrive and grow. And by the way, I know we're going to talk about the humor involved in that. So we'll, we'll get in there. Before launching this business in 2013, she held a lot of different marketing leadership roles at some B2C tech companies, like uh, the head of marketing for Cheeseburger Humor Network. Uh, she helped them really go through a lot of rapid growth. And at Trover, a lifestyle travel app, she was vice president of marketing and engineered the rise of the brand from startup to acquisition by Expedia in 2015. So you know she knows a few things about the startup to let's get it going and launch that baby. Now, today she partners with leaders who are responsible for scaling organizations. And as you guys know, I've talked about a lot. That's really a critical point in any company, how you help people grow in an organization. And so her wealth of experience from you know this kind of background really helps her to give hands-on experience with the executives she works with. But she keeps her coaching clients and teams moving forward not only with clarity and focus, but a lot of humor and structure built on trust and positivity. And so joining me today is Jen Hope. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. So happy to be here. You have an amazing background. You have obviously been there, done that. And uh, I know from uh, quite, uh, you know, in the trenches experience that growth of startups and organizations through massive change is not only challenging personally uh, and challenging from a department's perspective, but definitely from a leadership perspective. So I can't wait to learn more. So I hit the highlights though. Tell us a little bit more about you, your business today, and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yeah. So uh, my business is one that started from wanting to live in a world where we had more kindness. And that was... Um, how this all began and from an understanding that that starts here self. And so what I really do is, is a couple of things. And I think folks would, the, the folks that I work with come away often surprised that one of the outcomes of our work is a 
empathy to self, compassion towards self, kindness towards self, and that the metrics that we have, yes, business outcomes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very outlined. You know, I come from the world of digital marketing. I come from, from 20 years as a, as a marketing leader. And so very outcomes and results driven. And one of those that sits alongside of it is how is our relationship with self? How can we really embrace a kinder, softer, what, you know, yeah. folks hear me say the word tender probably more often than they would like tender mm-hmm. approach to self. And particularly as entrepreneurs, this is such a huge part of our work. We're out in the world on our own and and doing some of that work for the very first time. So, you know, leaders who are in that position kind of stand alone oftentimes and are responsible for for their own emotional support. Same thing with with the entrepreneurship. Well, and I don't want to, you know, kind of use this as an example, but I love it because, you know, with the last name Hope. <laughs> I mean, that's such a great, it's so important to what you're talking about. Not just to hope, obviously. Hope is not a strategy, but hope is really important for building a kinder, better world, but a kinder and better workforce that also leads people to have more of a commitment to those outcomes. Well, just thinking through, like, how effective can we be, too, if Mm -hmm. we give ourselves the space for that kind of kindness so that, you know, I think about things like sustainable productivity, right? How do we create, like, how do we balance this drive ambition? And some of these things that are so important as leaders, as high achievers, as entrepreneurs, how do we balance that with something like sustained productivity? How do we balance that with vision? And this, some of that comes from an understanding of, these are strengths and they get overdone <laughs> and, and we can be even at, even in those moments, still kind about overdoing our strengths. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, as you were talking in the beginning too, I was thinking about myself at various stages in my leadership career, because, you know, at, at early on your leadership career, you're, you know, you're trying to be everybody's best friend. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, you know, I was once with you in the trenches. Now I'm responsible for you. I'm going to be your buddy. Then you find out that doesn't work. And I'm, I'm generalizing. I'm, yeah. I'm making huge generalizations, but I'm looking at my own. And then it's easy to go to the opposite extreme. Now I'm going to be the manager and I'm going to not have that connection. And then you try and find balance. But what I love about what you're talking about is just being kind first to ourselves and saying, why do I feel like I have to be one or the other? Why am I trying to be one or the other? Why am I not just first understanding myself, giving myself a little break, and then figuring out what does that mean to lead other people from this perspective and lead them to the point where they have those kind of beliefs about themselves and then a commitment to the outcomes as well? Yeah. yeah. As you were talking, I was thinking about um, Kim Scott and radical candor. Um, and she, she has this, um, skill, right. And I'm, uh, that's probably the other thing that, you know, that I talk about a lot and, and what is the kind of the center of my business is this skill building, right. That we can all use to be more effective and more aware. Mm -hmm. And one of the skills that she talks about is having a set of Mm non-negotiables and her whole point is that like, you know, clear is kind, right. Kind of Brene Brown Mm -hmm. says kind of very similar things, right. Clear is kind and her clarity is about the non-negotiables, right? She's going to eat dinner 
with her family most nights a week. She's going to take four weekends away with her husband a year. She spends two weeks away with her, you know, the larger family. And, and that those are her non-negotiables. Stuff like that where we are clear, which is also kind for ourselves, for others, is where some of this starts in, in a lot of ways. Like we can create that kindness for ourselves mm-hmm. by doing some of it's self-care, but it's also self-management. Yeah, right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting to, to really even dive into that difference and distinction or the similarities between self-care and self-management. I mean, what there's that part about like, is it care or is it like the regulation that we need? Is it the way that we get to emotion regulation? Is it the way we move through stress, right? Some of that is stress management. And yes, it can look like self-care, right? Like going for a run, we could call self-care, but it's also a necessary piece of, we have to do something. Entrepreneurs, leaders, all of us, parents, right? Like folks living in our world, our society, our culture, we need a way to move through some of this stress Mm -hmm. and like, you know, you know, complete this stress cycle, right? Like we have these, these interactions, we have these, whatever we want to call them, you know, activating moments, positive, negative, right. Et cetera. And then we have to like, like animals move through, close some of that, right. Like my little puddle and shake it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, I, you know, I was thinking that I remember after having a couple burnouts earlier in my career where I really like hit the wall, hit the wall hard um, and was not taking care of myself. And, you know, people were then just starting to talk about work-life balance. And so my next iteration where I was leading a really large team, it was really important to me because we were going through a massive change and I really wanted people to find work-life balance. And I, I had this one employee who was very was taking this very seriously and did not complete some required, um, uh, you know, uh, duties on a Friday afternoon. And everybody had to do these same things on Friday afternoons. And I went to this person, I won't say if it's a male or female. And I went to this person, I said, what happened? What, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, is there a car crash? Like what happened that you did this? And this person said, you told me that I should have work-life balance. So I just decided to take the second half of the day off and, um, you know, go hang out with my kids. And I remember thinking, that's, that's not what I mean. You know, where, where did we get this, you know, where did that discussion go wrong? And I I kept thinking, you know, my first response is what, what are you talking about? That's, you know, (laughs) and then I went, what did I do that delivered that message that said, now you choose personal over work instead of figuring out how to balance, which means there are some things that are non-negotiable. On Friday afternoon, you get that one report done. It had to be done. It was going all the way up to another country, (laughs) you know, and it had to be done. Where did we get that? Um, To the flip side of of, um, my executive team, we took a break uh, earlier this fall and I wanted everybody to, to be completely gone. So we decided that, you know, moving forward, we're gonna have four times a year where our company shuts down everything, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's taking time off because it's the only way I could get everybody to take time off. And um, one of my people came back and said, one of my executive team came back and said, 
I said, how are you guys doing? Are you rested? And she said, I wish I would have never taken the time off because I kept feeling like I had to do things. And so as we went into the next break that we had over Christmas, I was really saying, okay, how are we going to prep for this? How do you figure out how to feel that tug? And so we talked about strategies and I gave them suggestions about how I do it, but I really wanted them to think through balance is, yeah, there's sometimes there's emergencies you've got to take care of, but there's other times you have to really unplug and take care of yourself but you have to figure out how to do that or else you're not going to have any balance and you're not going to have any structure. Yeah. It's some of that, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about like the micro decision part of that where something is simple and you know, we're, I think everyone is, we're all human. We're all guilty of this, but like right. the decision to open your email, which yeah. happens in a second, right? Before we've even thought about it, right? It goes like from our brain to our hand. And how do we get to the point where we are mindful enough? And that's a, you know, that's a tricky word, right? But truly, how are we aware enough to catch ourselves and then say like, in that moment, effective, ineffective, right? Is this the behavior Mm -hmm. I want to take right now? How do we get to that place where we can pause and say, hi, I'm in my email and now I'm going to shut it and put my phone down. And, and that is a lot of, I think what, what some of the work over time that I get to do adds up to, which is that point where we get to like, slow down, catch it. Hey, I'm on my phone, right? It's, you know, for me, it's not even 6am and I am in my email, right? Like, whoa, how do we get here, right? Yep. Shut it down, meditate, work out, have your coffee, be quiet, get your face out of a screen, right? <laughs> kindly, <laughs> kindly, I love you, and put your phone yeah. down, and then uh-huh. move on, right? And go do yeah. something that's more effective, something that's going to be more supportive, something that's going to build some of, I think, what you're talking about, which is this pause, break nervous system change, right? Kind of downshift, which is hard. It's a hard habit to break. It is. Well, and it tells me too, that before we go into our um, company shutdown in the spring, that I'm going to build more prior in the weeks prior instead of the days prior. And probably when we did it the first time in the fall, I only probably said it a few hours before, like, Hey, remember everybody's taking time off. And now it helps me to remember to make different micro decisions to help my team you know, get there. And I, I I love you saying that about micro decisions because you're right. They happen split second. We do them out of habit. We have to rewire some of what we do to make better healthy decisions to, you know, respect ourselves. But we also have to figure out how to make that work in, in that entire balance so that we actually still have productivity. And it is a jug, but I, I, I love what you're saying too. It, it's about awareness. It's, it's about mindfulness with it. Even the planning, right? So I love I love what you're saying about how do we start planning for that time off? How do we start so it isn't this like where the conveyor belt stops and everything is still right, like kind of backing up. And it's how do we like preparing with problem solving kind of piece mm-hmm. where yes. like what are what are the problems that are going to arise? What are the problem? What are the what is the planning that we can do around that? to be able to have some more flow in that versus this kind of jerky stop, start (laughs) clunky feel. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very uncomfortable and it makes everything else real twitchy. (laughs) Right. 
Yes, exactly. I think the first two days of of my holiday were like that. Like, what am I doing with myself? Right? You like we're just so used to a certain pace, and I love the twitchy vibe because it is true. Like, sit down, stand up. I'm over here. I'm over here. Clean this thing. Empty the dishwasher. Now, what am I? You know, like, oh my word, that's I real. Know, I totally get it. Well, and I remember, you know, 25 years ago in my career, if I went on vacation for a week, it would take the first four days before I was unwound. And I'm much better about it now. But one of the things I learned and that my husband and I practice is because both of our, you know, his job and my companies, you know, you can't fully unplug. You can find ways, but we just made it. We have a, a rule that we start every day. We both know it. And we tell everybody this, the beginning of every day, we spend no more than one hour, but it can be up to an hour. And that's the time you check email, you clear things, you forward things, you answer any calls. And then after that, everything's put away. And you don't answer anything else unless, you know, you might have your phone, but we've prepped our teams to know that unless a building is burning down or somebody's being courted off to jail, you know, <laughs> leave yeah. us alone. It yeah. can wait until tomorrow morning at 6am or 7am when I check. And that, that ability to compartmentalize has helped me not only feel like I'm not just forgetting about what's going on and piling up, but that I can do what I need to do and I can shut it off again and have that peace. Yeah. Yeah. I feel kind of similar, like a similar vibe about my inbox. If I have, you know, I'm, I, if I can get things cleared where I'm, I don't have like whatever backpack of 50,000 emails, I feel like Uh I'm carrying that is really game changer. Like it really, it seems like it, it helps the, you know, kind of just be at a gentle simmer versus the boiling vibe, right? Similar feel, similar feel for sure. Totally there. I'm a zero inbox at five o'clock on Fridays. I'm not always hundred percent there, but if it's still in my inbox, I have to do something with it. And so that's like my objective is to get it there in and out done. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like, let's breathe. Let's let that go. Let's let that, that ether go. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Everybody goes, well, there'll be another one in a moment you shut down. I'm like, yep, but I'll only have one. I won't have 147. Right. (laughs) Right. I love it. Well, Jen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Are you a highly sensitive individual? If you are, you are part of the 20% of people whose nervous system is wired to take in more stimulation than others. This can feel overwhelming, trying to get by through coping and stuck in your shadows instead of your strengths. But it doesn't need to be that way. You can learn to be in charge of yourself physically, spiritually, and financially in a way that honors your highly sensitive self. Heather Dominic is the founder of BusinessMiracles.com, and she's been training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders since 2010 to do things differently by working less and making more of a social impact and a higher income. Whether you've been in business for years or are just starting out, highly sensitive entrepreneurs are sick of trying to, usually secretly, manage overwhelm and other ways your highly sensitive nervous system tends to hijack and work against you. Now you're ready to learn how to be comfortable in your highly sensitive skin, to create your work and life to match who you truly are so you can work less while making more impact and income. I should know, as a super uber highly sensitive entrepreneur myself, working with Heather and her team has changed my life and my businesses. 
To learn more, please use our affiliate link in the show notes or reach out to the Business Miracles team and tell them you heard about them from the Shock Your Potential podcast. Every listener who joins the Business Miracles program in 2022 will receive a selection of five best-selling books from our Shock Your Potential bookstore authors. Leading as a highly sensitive entrepreneur is a mindset to hold and an energy to embody. To lead means to show someone the way to be in charge of. As a highly sensitive entrepreneur, this starts with learning how to be in charge of yourself first and your purpose second. And we are back with Jen Hope and uh, talking about all things about, you know, being great leaders, but being kinder to ourselves so that we create better outcomes uh, from ourselves and from others. But one of the things that I'm really focusing on this month is the sense of what each of us has learned as an entrepreneur. So you've been an entrepreneur since 2013. So you've been you've been on a, a different journey than when you were working for other companies. Although I bet, you know, to be involved in the startups that you've been in, that required a lot of entrepreneurial mindset as well. So, you know, what have you learned about yourself in your entrepreneurial journey? You know, what what have you learned that, you know, made a difference or that you really went, wow, that's my superpower or something that you, or maybe something like, hey, I had to learn how to get rid of that habit. You know, I'm really interested in, in the journeys that each of us have had and what that's taught us about ourselves along the way. Yeah. So there are so many. Okay. Let's start with like, <laughs> I have so many because I am very human and I had a history of learning things the hard way at one point. Uh, that's what my parents would tell you for sure. Uh, and I think the one of the biggest, and this is something that I talk to folks about often, is managing my expectations and even being aware of my expectations. Um, the idea that my business didn't look like a business that had been in existence for seven years or eight years or nine years or 10 years. And the folks around me, this closing, like managing the perfection or this closing of the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be, yeah, that aided me. That aided me like night and day for the first three years that it, it, the branding wasn't perfect. The market, I didn't have all of the pieces that I wanted to have. I wasn't, and I came from the world of being a marketer and very entrepreneurial in the sense that I was working with many, many parts of organizations and had lots of resources and then went on my own and was one person and didn't have the accountability of a team and structure and a board that I was responsible to and so many other pieces and was still under this <laughs> assumption that things would move forward, you know, with the same pace and with the same, um, you know, at the same, at the same level. And I was one human and I was building websites from scratch and I was doing every piece of it by myself. And I was very sorely mistaken about how that would go. <laughs> I love that. I love the honesty with that, especially from... And I totally get it, especially coming from your marketing background, when you feel like, but I don't have a thousand percent of all my marketing things absolutely perfect. Okay, maybe I just have to learn how to have just enough for right now. 
Yeah. I, re- I called myself like, you know, a recovering perfectionist. And then I was like, okay, I'm like a, I'm, I'm like an 80, 80 percenter, 77 percenter at this point, you know, um, that had to, that had to be enough. I, I would, I think that folks who work with me now, I have, you know, great folks that I work with on marketing and some of these other elements, wonderful people. And they'd still say I'm pretty like more like a 93, 95 percenter on perfectionism, maybe not 110, like I used to be. Um, but yeah, I think that that has been really helpful, really even setting the mindset that said this will be hard mm-hmm. versus this, like, I, you know, totally mm-hmm. wrongly assumed that like I would get on a snowboard and be good at it, right? Like that's <laughs> how my optimistic brain works. Like I'm going to be great at this and I'm going to get on a snowboard and it's not going to be hard for me, even though everyone I know has had like bruised bones, right? Like, but it's going to be easy for me. And um And I, same thing with entrepreneurship, right? Like I really had to reset my expectations and really embrace some of the challenge and, and start to love it and start to love some of the discomfort and have that be just a part of the everyday. And it still is right. There's, there's highs, there's lows. And, and, and so being with that and being with the part of me that was, grumpy about those pieces uh, and, and even kind to her with her impatience, right? I totally get it. And when we're done taping, I'll tell you about my snowboarding experience because yes. it's hilarious and, okay. and you will okay. feel, you'll feel Can't much wait. better about yourself. <laughs> well, and I love how you brought that back to being kind to yourself. And so last question I want to ask you before we get near the end is, you know, thinking back to the people that you work with today, and you've worked with some people at some really well-known companies. So you're working with execs in some of the top, top organizations on this planet. That that concept of being kind to yourself and taking time, I'm a, you know, people who come to work with you, obviously they know that's part of what they're seeking because they know what you do, but taking them through those first steps, how, you know, I'm sure there are people listening right now going, you know, I know I need that. I know I need to be kinder to myself. I know I need to take some of these steps forward, but it's a little daunting to do it. How do you get them through some of those first parts of the, of the process that you take them through. Yeah, this is where like, because, you know, going back to like being a data nerd because I was a marketer and it was so much based on what we did. Like we, we use some data we use like, so I use assessments in my work. Um, I use assessments that have been used studying human behavior for hundreds of years, right? Like kind of the earliest studies of, of human behavior. And we go to that because it is, it's less, you know, me and people who have a profile similar to me or communication preferences similar to mine may have these strengths or these growth areas. And it makes it more, and especially because we start with behavior, it makes it more about here's what folks may observe about me on the outside. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it, it takes it, it takes it away from this personal, like, oh, I am X or I am Y. I try really hard to stay out of labeling. You're not a yellow. You are a complex human being. And I could not possibly understand in the two hours that we've spent together, what makes your life experience. But here's what I know about human behavior. Here's what I know about folks who have profiles and communication preferences similar to yours. And here's what we might know about some of that. And that, that's, 
sometimes is the start to, mm-hmm. to the understanding that sometimes is a place where we can start to get comfortable with some of the vulnerability of looking inward and even the language that shows up there, right? How do we, do we talk, do, am I working with someone, this happens often, am I working with someone who's going to go straight to the, the growth areas, right? Hmm. That's going to tell me a little bit, right? Are we going to go, mm-hmm. which is almost everybody, by the way, um, <laughs> that's just, you know, our negativity yeah. bias, but that's, you know, we start there. We start with something that's, that is a little bit more like put it on the table between us versus I'm going to look at you with a microscope. And so we start there and then we just talk about, we talk about language, we talk about behavior and we start as like what I call a gentle observer, right? I'm going to stand over here, hold up a really gentle mirror and then we can look at it together, right? It's never like we're going to get in and, and poke holes at you or, or kind of jab. It's, it's like, let's just start. Let's start with the language. Let's start with how we might talk to ourselves. Let's start with what do you observe and how can we observe with like tiny bits of tenderness? Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you're working on those areas that you want to go fix because you know, they're the growth areas, but you also know that to jump right in and try and fix every growth area that that's going to have repercussions. You've got to take those baby steps and be gentle with yourself as well as have that mirror shine a little brighter where your strengths are. So you can remember that when it gets tough in the other spots. Right. And the judgment, the judgment too, like how much of this is if like we like see some of those growth areas, do we then stand over it and judge like, come on, that's not, that's really not helping. That's where like, it's the double dagger, you know, like that, like we're whack-a-moling ourselves into behavior change, which never works. Nope. I know. I finally gave up. Everybody knows that listens to my podcast. Everybody knows that my strength is not in the finances. I hate them. There's issues. I've, you know, you get, I've got all those little things that, you know, go wiggly woggly inside. And finally I said, you know what, instead of trying to be perfect at that, I'm going to have my husband take over that part of the business. (laughs) Now we still have to have conversations that I don't always like, but I'm like, screw that one. I'm, I don't want to master that one. (laughs) I'll let somebody else do it. (laughs) Same. Same. I have great, I have a great accounting team. Love them. Couldn't be, couldn't be where I am without them. Thank goodness. Right. Keep me on track. Thank you. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Send me the report. Tell me how much money I made and how much I can spend. I'm in good shape. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Tell me how to prep for taxes. That's where I'm at. I like, okay, we're good. Sorted. Exactly. I love it. Well, Jen, I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they cannot wait and they have to find you, what's the best way for them to reach you? I am Hey Jen Hope everywhere. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, my website, Hey Jen Hope, H-E-Y-J-E-N-H-O-P-E.com. I love that. I just love, and I know it's your name. You couldn't have changed it anyway, but I love the just use of your last name in that as well. It's fabulous. So Jim, before we go, any uh, last words of wisdom or pearls of advice that you have for my listeners and viewers? Be kind. Just be kind to yourself. Little tiny baby steps. It's where you start and that it'll build over time. Amen. Well, thank you so much for not only sharing your hope and your kindness with us, uh, but sharing for, you know, your motivation for what we can all do to move ourselves forward. You've been a great guest. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Take great care. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more 
how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.